the way our circadian rhythm developed again like i said was under the sun and the frequencies of light so the composition of sunlight changes every minute of the day we've now moved inside so we're getting the same frequencies of light 24 hours a day and what that does is that keeps our brains our circadian rhythm and our cells thinking that it's just one time of day all the time Welcome to the Seamland podcast. My name is Seamland and our guest today is Andy Mant. Andy is an entrepreneur, biohacker and the CEO of Blueblocks. Blueblocks is a company that provides products for creating the optimal light environment and circadian rhythm synchronization. I've been using the Blueblocks blue blocking glasses for four years and I love them. Their blue blockers block out the specific wavelength of blue light that has been shown to inhibit the production of melatonin in studies. I think using blue blockers is one of the easiest and fastest thing you can do to improve the quality of your sleep, especially deep sleep. You can get a 10% discount of all their blue blocking glasses and the new red light portable device called the Hive if you use the code SEAM at blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U blocks with an X dot com and the 10% code is SEAM, S-I-I-M. Andy, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me back on. I think this is number three now, Seam. So uh, yeah. pretty, uh, pretty excited to, to do a third <laughs> installment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the third time. And uh, like I, we've, uh, we've been like uh, associated or we've been working together and uh, partnering for like for a few years already. And uh, I'm glad to have been a part of your, uh, let's say, affiliation program. And uh, definitely it's also very good to see that you've, uh, you've grown as a like a company quite massive as well over the past uh, few years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, a three years pretty much to the, to the day that we started. And um, yeah, we've, we've gone from like, I mean, I've done a few entrepreneur shows recently as well. And we, we've gone from a thousand dollar investment to, to eight figure turnover in three years. So we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, changing the world, uh, one pair of blue light glasses at a time. And um, yeah, we, we're not stopping there. And we've got so many different products now that um, we just want to become this whole like holistic light management brand. And um, yeah, we're starting to uh, see some great traction. And yeah, we, we value people like yourselves um, that are helping us have platforms to be able to talk about this, these products and, and the, the science more importantly as well. So I thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, like a lot of people you know talk about diet and exercise but like no one really talks about uh, light and uh, the circadian biology except for like the biohackers or uh, a few other people so it is quite important actually the role of light uh, on our health and uh, biology yeah absolutely and i think it's um it's good as well that you know before i sort of go into a little bit more about that i think it's great that we've got these platforms to these days to be able to educate and I found with, um, you know, like COVID-19 and everything going more online, we're able to get online and educate a lot more, which has meant that we've moved out of the biohackering um, side of things because you guys get it. You guys understand it. You've been doing it for years and, you know, you're the pioneers with this kind of um, approach to health, um, whereas we're pushing it more into the mainstream now. And, you know, we've seen the likes of sort of Vogue, GQ um, magazines pick up about blue light and red light. Um, you know, we've seen... Um, other red light um, device companies appear like men's health, men's fitness. So people are starting to understand the importance that, that light plays. And I think that it's so important to, you know, part of my mission has always been to try and educate those that are into this sort of health, nutrition, wellness side of things and a little bit outside of biohacking, the importance of light so they can then go and spread the word as well. We've just seen it snowball 
in terms of people actually now understanding and you, you look at blue light on Google and it's, it's just trending upwards. So people are getting it, they're understanding it and it's just cutting through the noise for them because there's so many companies out there that are jumping on the trend of blue light glasses and selling product that doesn't work. It's mass produced overseas and you know, the science isn't there to back it up. Whereas I guess from a circadian biology standpoint, we've made sure that when we built all our products, that they align with the science. And if they don't, they don't get released. You know, our light bulbs, our red light therapy took 15 months of R&D to get them right, release them. So, um, you know, it's so, so important. And, you know, the people that are listening to this that are on the biohacking side, they get this stuff. They understand how blue light impacts us in the day by, you know, causing the digital eye strain, causing cellular damage to the eye, aging, the disrupt, disrupting collagen, circadian ancestrally we should never have seen blue light after sunset um you know look at what our ancestors would have seen they would have seen a campfire when the sun had set and that doesn't give out blue light gives out reds and oranges and yellows restorative colors that help us relax and unwind and you know we don't you know what we don't want to do is say you know give up your tv give up your um your smartphone we just want people to to hack their environment and by doing that you know, you can utilize blue light blocking glasses in the evening that block between 400 and 550 nanometers. You can use non-flicker low EMF light bulbs that don't give out blue light. You can use firelight, candlelight. Um, and you can also use other frequencies of light like visible red and, and invisible near infrared to actually heal. So there's so much light can do for our health. And it's just fantastic that it's gaining such traction and we're starting to educate a lot more people. Mm, yeah. Uh, it is definitely good and uh yeah there's nothing like real uh you know gimmick or there's nothing like this biohacking thing about it it's just uh controlling your environment in a way that uh, optimizes your health and uh, maintains you know in cellular integrity and just uh functionality or just health in general uh, so yeah there's no, there's no real let's say um magic about it it's a it's a very easy thing to grasp and uh, i also agree that in a way it helps you to get away with uh, some things that you don't have to start living in a cave or uh, use only like candlelight after after darkness so uh, it is uh, like actually a very beneficial thing and uh, like mo most people don't want to give up their technology so they'll just have to like adapt or uh, make a few adjustments yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a case of trying to go back to the Victorian eras or, you know, the, the right. dark ages. It's not at all. And, um, you know, you mentioned a, point, a good point, you know, how light affects us is, is always at a cellular level and, you know, how it interacts with our mitochondria, how it interacts with electron chain transport, um, ATP production is, is huge. And, um, you know, you don't have to be you know, a Dr. Jack Cruz or a Dr. Bill Lagacosta understand this stuff. It's, it's so sort of basic um, in, in what it's doing that, you know, a lot of, I think with, with my education is I always try to break it down into layman's terms and always think, always try and teach people that, well, what, what would your ancestors have seen um, after dark? What colors of light would they have seen? What was the angle of light that would be passing through the eyes? And you know, Dr. Alexander Wunsch has, has, has been on quite a few podcasts recently and who's, you know, really into the light side of things, a German doctor. Um, and he was on the Lifestylist podcast, one of Luke Story's um, episodes. And he was talking about how the angle of light can really impact your circadian rhythms as well. Like, you know, during the day, 
whereas your predominant light source from ancestrally is from the sun, it comes from above. Um, after, after sunset, where was our um, predominant um, light source coming from? It was coming up from the ground, from campfires or carrying torches um, that were lit by fire at, at eye level. So, you know, we've even gone a little bit further recently in talking a little bit and blogging a little bit more about angle of light and how to set up your home from an ancestral standpoint that, you know, if you want your red light bulbs in your house, then you want to have them in your lamps at eye level. If you want to install low blue light, sort of amber, maybe yellow light bulbs, you want to install those from overhead and, and try and, not that you can ever replace the sun, but try and kind of mimic a lot that you can to set up that environment so it's not gonna interfere with your circadian biology. Because I guess from a sort of scientific standpoint, you know, millions of years ago, all mammals on earth um, and pretty much all animals developed their own circadian rhythms. And they were all created under a specific set of, you know, natural conditions at the time. And, and in humans, it just so happened to be that, you know, we evolved under the sun as um, creatures of the day. And that's what caused us to be alert and awake, those messages from the sun. It's what entrained our circadian rhythm and, and let it develop. And we're living in a modern world now without the we're, we're still with the ancient circadian rhythm but we don't have the ancient practices that we're living under like we're not living outside anymore um we are now living more indoors under artificial light sources and these artificial light sources according to our brain and circadian rhythm might as well be from another planet we might as well be living on mars or or the moon because you know or, or another sort of celestial body because the, the, the frequencies of light aren't what it's used to our technological and, and um, cultural revolution and evolution has happened so quickly you know like a couple of hundred years yet our circadian rhythms haven't had that much time to evolve they you know that 200 sort of years isn't enough for a circadian rhythm to change it's, it's going to take thousands hundreds of thousands of years to and you know this is where we're really causing damage to our ourself at a cellular and circadian level because we're no longer living under the circadian rhythm i'm living under the environment that our circadian rhythm is used to and it's causing a whole host of hormonal damage disrupting disrupting our sleep um, and really messing us up at a, a mitochondrial level Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it nicely that we have, you know, developed these circadian rhythms over the course of evolution. And uh, if we change uh, this, uh, then we experience just uh, uh, it's another example of this evolutionary time lag or jet lag that we were out of sync uh, with what our bodies have evolved under. And uh, that's causes, you know, uh, dis distress and uh, dysfunction as a result of that, just being out of aligned with uh, those rhythms. Uh, but maybe let's go through some of the uh, fundamentals of the blue light um, like or the artificial light you know why why is it bad and what does it do in a negative way yeah absolutely I think it's um you have to break it down into two sort of aspects you have to break it down into a circadian rhythm aspect and how it impacts you at a sort of clock system level but also break it down into um, how it affects us I guess at a cellular level and a mitochondrial level as well and you know during the day what we've got to remember is blue light is essential we need blue light during the day as much as we need reds and greens and oranges and yellows and, and all the other spectrum of colors because what blue light does um, in its high energy form is that it increases cortisol levels naturally 
Um, there was a really interesting piece of science that came out that showed that our bodies can't detect ultraviolet light. We can't see it. Um, you know, we, we can't detect it. So what happens during the day when we were outside ancestrally is that when blue light was visible, that would trigger a response at us at a cellular level to release something called cortisol. And it just so happens that people think cortisol is a stress hormone, but it does a whole lot more than just that. It's actually an antagonist to ultraviolet light. So it will help protect you against any damage that ultraviolet light may be causing you at a cellular level during the day. Nature's very clever in how it uses light to, to interact with us at a cellular level. And, you know, no one light um, when it's in that full spectrum in sunlight is actually going to be, you know, negative for you. Like UV light is great. It helps mix with cholesterol, helps form vitamin D. But if where we've gone wrong is that we've taken all that spectrum of light and we're pulling parts of it out um, and really just not leaving it in its natural form. So when we're pulling parts out, we're taking maybe some of the benefits from it, but we're also getting all the negatives because you need other frequencies of light, um, both visible and invisible, to, to balance it out. So what we do is, from an artificial standpoint during the day, we wanted to create more energy efficient lighting. So we moved away from this incandescent lighting and created um, LEDs, like light emitting diodes, and we put them in our house lights. And then we had this big boom of technology um, that came through where the smartphones started to come out, um, laptops, computers became better because they had these LED lights. And what they did with the LED lights to make the, the images sharper and, and more, um, more sort of visually pleasing to people is they stripped out all the dull long wavelength colors like the oranges and the reds and the yellows and they stuck this horrendous spike of blue light in it um, which when you look at it on a um, on a, an image on a spectrometer you'll see that it's just like this massive spike of blue now what happens is that keeps us feeling alert for most of the day it's doing its job no different to sunlight but what it's doing is there's so much of it present in isolation, which is the key word in isolation, that we get all the negative effects as well, which is the cellular damage. You get the, um, the degradation of the eyes. You start to get eye strain during the day. You start to get attention headaches. Um, the fact that it runs through an AC current is another problem because it will flicker at you and it makes the brain work harder. And when the brain works harder to produce the images from these LEDs, you'll get tension headaches and migraines throughout the day. So what we, um, what we need to do during the day is you need to do two things. You need to reduce the amount of, of light that's coming out of your digital devices. And you can do that with things like Iris. You can do it with things like um, uh, Flux and Night Shift Mode. You can take a lot of the blue light out. You don't want to eliminate it. You want to take some of it out. Um, but you can't use those apps on your office lighting. So that's where the blue light glasses come in, like the ones I'm wearing now, these yellow ones, or you can wear the, the clear ones. But what you also need to do is, you also need to add in the red light because the, it's the red light that's present in the sun that offsets any of the damage caused by the blue light. So you have things like red light therapy devices, you can go outside and get regular sun breaks, you can have salt lamps next to your, your monitors and things like that to, to help offset it. So that's how it works from a day perspective and sort of a little bit at a cellular level. Now, from a circadian perspective, the, the way our circadian rhythm developed, again, like I said, was under the sun. And the frequencies of light, so the composition of sunlight changes 
every minute of the day until it gets to sunset and then it just all the light goes and you just get a little bit of ambient ambient low lux light from the moon which doesn't affect daily rhythms um but what we're what we're doing is we've now moved inside so we're getting the same frequencies of light 24 hours a day okay it's not a changing light source like the sun and what that does is that keeps our brains our circadian rhythms and our cells thinking that it's just one time of day all the time so we function at that one level where our cortisol levels are, are continually kept high um, dopamine levels are probably kept quite high as well which we then become could come resistant to both of those things um, whereas when we're outside and the, the frequencies of light change with the sun what you find is some hormones are suppressed others are released um, neurotransmitters are released, some are suppressed, and it just changes throughout the day, which keeps you in this optimal hormonal balance. But when we're inside, it's disrupting our systems because you're just in this one state all the time under this alien sun that doesn't change its frequency, whether it's day or whether it's night. From a sleep perspective, what happens is during the day, you produce something called serotonin in, in your gut. Um, and you also have something called tryptophan that, that's present. And these neurotransmitters um, sort of mix together in basic terms to form and synthesize something called melatonin. And they can only do this in the absence of blue and green light between 400 nanometers and 550 nanometers. It can, if you've got a little bit of light coming through, then your optimal levels of melatonin will just drop until you know, you're hardly producing anything. Now, melatonin is an important circadian hormone because it helps us get into deep restorative sleep. It helps us repair any of the damage that we've caused during the day, autophagy, apoptosis, things like that, um, because it's a very powerful antioxidant as well as a quote-unquote sleep hormone. So what you need to do is, you know, to keep the circadian rhythm functioning correctly is you need to remove the blue and green light after sunset. And how do you do that? You wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses that blocks 100% of the light that disrupts melatonin, which in 2001 was discovered by a guy called Buckhart et al. in a clinical trial, was between 400 nanometers and 550 nanometers. So a red lens, a deep orange lens, um, the Sleep Plus lens from Blue Blocks, the ones that we wear seem, um, does the trick because it blocks in that in, in line with science. So I guess from a cellular and a circadian rhythm, without me waffling on too much, I think that's probably... Uh, probably a, 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 an okay explanation. Yeah, definitely. That's a good, really good one. And uh, yeah, it is kind of illustrates this uh, overall uh, rhythm uh, throughout the entire day that, you know, in the morning you would want to get this blue light because it uh, indicates daytime and gives you like the alertness and this boost in cortisol. Uh, but uh, at nighttime, the sun sets and uh, the blue light uh, kind of diminishes and you get more the orange, red and eventually darkness. So uh, your body is kind of built uh, to follow those same rhythms and uh, the secretion of hormones also follows that, like cortisol is uh, the highest in the morning and the cortisol plummets uh, in the evening and melatonin starts to rise um, in the evening. So this is just problem, like you said, that with this modern environment and a lot of artificial lights, we just uh, disrupt this uh, cycle and rhythm. And uh, research also shows that these uh, disruptions in these rhythms, uh, as well as like blue light exposure at night, uh, is associated with many of these uh, diseases like insulin resistance, uh, diabetes, obesity, depression, uh, cancer, Alzheimer's, uh, heart disease, and yeah, all these uh, chronic uh, illnesses are, you know, kind of coming from uh, this uh, disrupted circadian rhythm. 
Yeah, it's so so true. And um, you know, it's it's you could list off pretty much any you know disease really of, of civilization, and it comes to this mismatched circadian rhythm. And um, you know, the, the doom and gloom of it all is is um, one thing, but there, there's so many easy fixes to, to to correct it. And it's not like the good thing with um, with circadian rhythm is it's not like a diet. You know, it's not like um, you know you've had a shit diet all your life. And then you, you know, you get to where right. Be I don't know if you're a carnivore, you eat one steak. If you're a vegan, you eat you know a bunch of plants. And then the next morning, you wake up and go, why am I why am I why am I not aesthetically pleasing? Why am I still sick? It's not like that with a circadian rhythm. These rhythms set and reset. So if you've had old you know, life of, of the, the, the circadian issues, you can start changing it around very quickly. Um, and even if you've had this whole life of, you know, yourself for want of a better word and messing up with the, the clock system in your body, you can turn it back and start undoing the damage straight away. I guess it's a bit like enough and they haven't yet into those horrible cancers, lung cancers, emphysemas and things. Every, like, soon as happen um when pain you know you start managing correctly um before you get to any of these you know diabetic or um high insulin resistant levels you can actually set it set the clock reset the clock straight away and even when you have caused the damage as well cover by utilizing light as a therapeutic tool in order to heal and, and get better as well yeah that's a good point that the clocks are always running so to say and uh they're always trying to pick up the cues from the environment uh, as to kind of regulate the hormones and do other processes based upon the signals. Uh, so yeah, like the, you can really re reset your circadian rhythm almost every day uh, by, you know, getting exposed to the, the right light, wa light waves at the right time and uh, kind of controlling the other variables as well. Like in addition to light, there's also like movement and uh, food and uh, temperatures as well as like magnetism that affects these rhythms. But uh, like, I don't know the exact percentage, but the vast majority is coming through the light and uh, like through the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the majority of it is, is, is light, but you, as you correctly mentioned, temperature, seasonality, um, you know, food, the, the timing that you go and, and eat your food, um, the type of food you're eating at different times of the day, um, you know, and, and even to when you want to exercise is all, all run by, by circadian rhythm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely spot on. And, and you mentioned as well that, you know, talking about light through the eyes is the main issue, you know, light through the skin also impacts us um, as, as well. It was, um, you know, once thought that the blue light receptors, which were located um, in our eyes uh, called melanopsin, were only ever present in the eyes, um, a bit like your rhodopsins and your other opsins that detect different frequencies of light. And this thing called melanopsin is almost like a detector for blue light, it's a sensor. So as soon as it senses that blue light, it transcribes messages to the circadian rhythm and the cells in the body for, for it to trigger and suppress specific hormones and neurotransmitters. But, you know, back end of 2017, they found it in the brain, in the fat cells and in the skin. Um, so what that means is that, you know, you might be wearing your, your blue blocks glasses um, during the day or after sunset, but you're still getting going to get some damage at the cellular and circadian level by allowing that um, blue light to, to hit your skin. And this is where 
we decided um, as a company that blue light glasses weren't enough. And that's why we created circadian lighting um, and therapeutic tools to help heal any of the damage of blue light. Because, you know, we were like, well, we don't want people to go and sit in a cave and not have access to technology, but we're telling them to wear blue light glasses, which is probably fixing 80% of their circadian issues. But what, how are we going to fix the other 20%? How are we going to hack their environment? So, you know, we didn't feel it ethical that we could go, yeah, wear these glasses, they're going to solve all your sleep problems um, and circadian issues. And that's where we started looking at these other products as well in order to try and maximize people's experience with managing light hygiene correctly and banishing junk light from their life um, for, for good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because op optimally you would still want to have... Um an environment that isn't uh, harming you or uh, or at least has the least amount of harm as possible and if you are like let's say in this office building or this apartment building with all the leds around you and a lot of screens and those things then um yeah it's going to be hard to uh, you know stick to the right rhythm and uh, stay healthy so it's easier in some ways to just control the environment and uh, like changing some light bulbs can uh, do the trick uh, quite effectively but yeah, there are like many layers to it. Like the first layer can be just wearing like some blue blocking glasses to protect your eyes and to get rid of them. And the naked second layer would be about maybe changing light bulbs and those things. And I don't know what the third layer would be, but uh, basically, yeah, just uh, trying to live, try to create this environment uh, layer by layer. So you don't have to start off with uh, completely changing your entire household uh, with the light bulbs. You can start off with uh, some, some of the easy steps uh, first. Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's, you know, everyone's on a different journey and everyone's at different stages of that journey. And I think, you know, a lot of people message my customer service teams and say, like, where should I start? You know, they're, they're, they've heard it, they're hearing more about blue light and they say, where should I start? And I always train the, um, the, the girls that answer those emails to say, well, where's your biggest problem right now? Is your sleep the biggest problem is searing headaches and migraines during the day, your biggest problem. And that's where you start, you know, you go, well, what, what do I want to solve first? What's giving me the biggest issues? And when I started this company, the biggest issue for me was my sleep. So the first product that I produced was one that was going to help me sleep. And then I was like, well, what's the, the next biggest issue for me? And that just so happened to be migraine headaches. I was getting them a couple of times a month. I thought it was coffee or caffeine and stress and things like that, which you know, some of it might have been. But, you know, I started researching Flickr and, and thought, well, it could, could be Flickr. Um, it could be blue light. So we have blue light glasses pr produced um, that would help with those. I'm wearing, wearing now the yellow lenses. And, you know, I think it's then going, right, I've solved one problem. Right, I'm going to solve the next one. And then you can start layering it and go, right, melanopsin in the skin. Let's get some... Um, you know, some circadian friendly lighting in, um, you know, I'm getting blue light in the office all day, hitting my skin and causing collagen degradation, causing advanced aging in, in, in the skin. What can I do with that? Right. I can get outside in the sun. That's great during the summer. We're going into winter now. Maybe I need to, to utilize some red light therapy and, and hack that. Um, you know, it might be, um, you know, sunrises and sunsets. It doesn't have to always be about eliminating light. It can be things like going outside at various points of the day to train your clock system, you know, making sure you watch every sunrise, even if it's, um, you know, even if it's cloudy and, and snowing and raining in, in the morning, just getting out at that time of the day, as long as there's no artificial light around. And also adopting principles like maybe wearing the Sleep Plus, the red lenses in the morning, 
because you're up at 5 a.m. wanting to train in the gym like a warrior and the sun doesn't come up till 9 a.m. in Estonia in, in the middle of winter or something. So you've always got to think back to it ancestrally as well. Like your ancestors wouldn't have laid in bed until the sun had rose. They would have been up and about. And what kind of light would they have had? Red light. So, you know, get your red glasses on or have red light bulbs in the house for in the morning or in your gym setup or whatever it may be. So, yeah, it's definitely about layering and definitely... You know, once you go down the rabbit hole of this, as, as you all testify to, you know, you try one thing and you're like, oh, my God, this this is working. Right. I'm going to try the next one. And then that works a bit more. And then you just go down further and further until you're um, completely managing that junk light and having like the most optimal light hygiene possible. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but one, one thing uh, about like specifically um, day, daytime when you're working in front of a computer, then uh, like you would probably want to wear like these uh, see-through glasses as well um, that uh, don't yeah. create this, you know, orange lens, uh, but they do block out the harmful blue light. So you can prevent like, because like, you know, office work and uh, working in front of computer screens all the time, or, you know, staring at your smartphone all day, that can lead to like macular, macular degeneration and myopia and other problems. So you, can, you should still, um, you know, be cautious of that as well. A hundred percent. And the biggest problem we found, right, and, you know, I, I, I won't name any brands, um, but you find that with the clear lenses, um, a lot of these companies are buying these lenses from China. Nothing wrong with China, just so happens to be they go to, you know, China and buy these lenses. And when you actually start looking at them and you start moving them around in a computer screen, sort of like this, moving about, you'll see them reflecting violet light or green light. And you have to then start thinking to yourself, well, the problem in LED lights is blue light. It's very apparent. It's not lower end blue light. It's very much in the middle of the spectrum. 440, 465 nanometers is that peak um, sort of um, frequency of, of light. And when you start testing these glasses with, um, um, with a spectrometer, they're actually only filtering a small portion of violet light, which, which actually isn't present in any huge degrees in LEDs. It's this big spike in blue light. So, you know, I managed to write a, a really a really good blog on how to test your blue light glasses. And we're number one yeah. in, in pretty much every country in the world if people Google how to test blue light glasses. And there's step-by-step -step tests on how to determine whether your glasses are actually doing what they say they're doing without actually having to go and get a spectrum test for them. And one of the big ones is these clear lenses because they're so popular because people are marketing them going, you don't need the red lenses, just wear the clears, you know, no more ugly safety goggles and all this, that and the other. Basic physics will tell you you can't block 100% of blue light through a clear lens. That's pretty straightforward. Um, but they're not even focusing on the blue light. And some of them have this, this gimmicky trick. Um, and I did a YouTube video on it ages ago, whereas they have this little pen and they, they shine the pen on a bit of paper and it causes this purple, believe it or not, there's, there's your first issue, um, sort of mark on the paper. And then they put their glasses in front of it and um, put the pen on the glasses and there's no mark on the paper underneath so they're saying look it blocked all blue light and when we spectrum tested that pen so i was like wow this is amazing like they've basically changed the laws of physics so i want to understand what this is all about um i tested this pen and it was admitting i think 383 nanometers violet light which isn't present in in led light sources um in any great degree so they were like using this marketing gimmick like to, to, to con people into thinking or, or even if they're not conning them they just don't understand the science of it right. um and you met you rightly mentioned as well that 
during the day, you simply don't want to be blocking blue light. More isn't necessarily a better thing during the day from blocking standpoint. The sweet spot seems to be around about that sort of 20 to 30% reduction. And the more that you're blocking, the actually more lethargic you can become and the less you have of, of energy levels, your cortisol levels might drop even, and then you won't be alert and awake and you'll just be, you know, struggling for energy and motivation. So blue light is important during the day. It's just in isolation, you, you need to reduce it down a little bit, 20, 30%. Um, and, you know, another, even as important is you need to get that red light back in during the day. Like get outside for regular sun breaks, use red light therapy, have some salt lamps around you. So yeah, you just gotta be very careful when you're selecting blue light glasses. Um, and you know, I, 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 I'm not a, um, a, a guy that comes on these podcasts and goes, there's only one brand, it's Blue Blocks. There are other brands out there, you know, um, you know, Rar Optics, um, Blue Blocks, both have amazing sleep glasses. You know, it comes down to personal preference on what brand you might like. Um, during the day, I'm sure there's other brands out there that offer good and similar protection that Blue Blocks does. And I'm, I'm, you know, if you find them and they can give you the evidence that it's in line with the science and you prefer those styles, go for them. It's more about empowering for, for us and, and giving people the knowledge to be able to make their own decisions. Because we understand that, you know, people have different opinions about things and different styles. So um, just make sure that, you know, people that are listening to this are taking this science and then thinking critically about where to apply it in their lives and what products to apply it to. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong then, but also like the green light will uh, affect melatonin uh, in a negative way. It will, yes. Um, so when you look at the, and I mentioned it earlier, there's a study um, called the um, Action Spectrum of Melanopsin and Melatonin regulation in humans okay 2001 a guy called buckhart and his cronies all got together and did this amazing study where they were like right we are going to find out what frequencies of light disrupt melatonin what once and for all and this is what our company is based on this one study um, that was just so well executed it's it's unbelievable so what they did was they obviously tested different frequencies of light they also did a meta-analysis of other um, studies that basically showed different regulation and suppressions of melatonin. Um, and they created this bell curve um, chart, which showed different and varying levels of melatonin disruption um, with different frequencies of light. And what they found was that the peak um, suppression of melatonin happens in the blue range around about 484 nanometers was where it was, so really high end blue. Um, but you also got some very, very high melatonin suppression around about 460 to 470 nanometers, which was basically where all LED lights sit. Um, but then what happened was, so you got this 400 nanometers, not so much, all the way up to this 480 where it really peaked melatonin suppression. And then the curve started to come down again in this bell shape and it finished up around about 550 nanometers. And what, um, so what happens is blue light runs from 400 to 495 nanometers, okay? So you know that all of that's under the bell curve, really bad, gonna suppress your melatonin at various degrees. But green light runs from 500 nanometers to 570 nanometers. So there was a big portion of the green light, which was having a very similar effect on melatonin, 
than some of the blue light that we were suppressing our, um, we were putting ourselves through. So that's where green light comes in. It actually has a very similar effect on melatonin um, production in so much that it suppresses it after dark than a lot of blue light below 460 nanometers. So we had to treat it in the same way and produce a lens that actually blocks out that portion as well. And it's extremely difficult to market to the, um, to the layman because you have to say, right, you need to block blue and green light. So people get the blue block sleep plus glasses, put them on and go, I can still see some green light. And then you have to then go, well, green light runs to 570, but you have to block 100% of the green light that runs up to 550 nanometers. So it's just a, it's a real difficult one to convey. Um, but it, I mean, it makes sense to, to, you know, it makes sense to a lot of people once you start explaining it to them. Um, but yeah, it has, it has a similar effect. And, you know, we, we just got to make sure that that portion of the spectrum, 500 to 550 is entirely blocked out as well. Because if we start letting in any light between um, 400 to 550 nanometers, our melatonin, um, reg, uh, melatonin production is going to decrease as, as a result. And, you know, going back to Dr. Alexander Wunsch and, a really good question Luke Story mentioned um, and asked him was, you know, you wear your blue blockers after sunset. What happens if you take them off and put them back on again? And he, his reply to that was, was very straightforward. He, he, he just said that your melatonin production would decrease rapidly until you put your glasses back on. And then within about 20 minutes, you would resume melatonin production at optimal levels again. But what he did caution us about was that if you do that regularly throughout an evening you could cause something called phase shifting where the melatonin production would shift forward um, a little bit which means that instead of say having optimal production between 1 a.m and 2 p.m i'm um, sorry 1 a.m and 2 a.m um, so that hour peak period you might actually have higher melatonin productions later on in the night or earlier on in the night, um, depending on, on how we're, we're put together biologically, okay. which would then cause a whole cascade of issues like, you know, cortisol awakening response might be delayed. Um, it might actually reverse um, and you might have a higher spike in cortisol in the evenings and not so much in the mornings. Um, so yeah, you've got to be very careful with that um, banding of light. And even the way you wear your glasses as well, like once they're on after sunset, you don't want to be taking them off really until, you know, you're ready to go to bed and you're in a dark room or a red lit room where you can safely take them off. Um, and you know, there's, there's a couple of ways to wear them after sunset as well, you know, like um, in, the, in, in the winter months, I might phase into my sleep plus glasses a little bit after sunset because otherwise I'll be in bed by 7 p.m. which just doesn't work for me so I wear the yellows and then wear the reds and and just schedule it back but some other hardcore biohackers are like no as soon as that sun sets I'm putting my red glasses on because that's the colors of light my ancestors would have seen so you just got to experiment you know I know people can be um you know have a different differing of opinion on that that kind of thing but it's like with anything try it yourself and see how good you feel do you, do you feel better wearing your red lenses straight from sunset or just two to three hours before bed and just play around and come up with the answer for yourself yeah yeah i do find like um at, at least like an hour or two is uh what i see that it uh, has uh, an effect uh if i start wearing them like before that then i probably w wouldn't see like an effect uh because at that point, it's, it doesn't really matter. I, I only want to kind of get this melatonin surge or like an hour or two before I bed. And also, like, a, yeah. if I am like exposed to a lot of blue light and artificial light uh, before bed, uh, 
then it definitely you know makes it harder for me to uh, fall asleep. So uh, like yeah, if you're uh, like uh, in a conference or in a nightclub or something where there's all this uh, massive uh, blue light, artificial light uh, <laughs> shining down on you uh, for a long time, then uh, it kind of suppresses the melatonin for a, a lot longer compared to something uh, where you're maybe sitting in your uh, in your own room with all the lights are dimmed down and you only have like maybe uh, some of the uh, some of the blue light coming from uh, your computer screen uh, and uh, if you use like a filter like a flux or iris then uh, that would uh, diminish it uh, even further so it matters also yeah. like the kind of the quantity of light that you get exposed to like if you get this massive uh, bomb <laughs> then uh, it's going to have a much uh, prolonged uh, suppression of melatonin compared to something like maybe like a small thing uh, coming into yeah absolutely spot on um, radiance is a huge thing um, you know, the higher lux you've got in, um, in, in light, in, especially in the blue zone, the, the bigger a suppression of, of melatonin you will have. The one word of caution I will say with using dimmable lights is that if you dim a, an LED light bulb, the more you dim it, the more flicker you'll get. Um, and flicker can cause all sorts of problems from a neurological standpoint, you know, from as mild as, you know, oh, my eyes are really sore and, and painful all the way up to you know, photosensitivity, like epilepsy and things like that. Um, so from a, um, a dimming standpoint, I think, you know, it's just make sure that, you know, the color of the spectrum of light your light bulbs are emitting is probably going to be better from a dimmable perspective, given that when we dim um, LEDs, you're, you're going to increase flicker, which is yet another man-made problem that we're, um, we're all exposed to at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but what about red light? Um, look, red light is the sun, sunset uh, and does help with the sleep and melatonin production as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, it almost does the opposite red light, visible red, that is, that, that blue light does. So what it does is it, it turns down your cortisol, um, causes you to feel very relaxed. Um, melatonin can actually help be um, secreted because typically when red light is, is present in isolation, um, blue light is also not present, you know, campfires and, and sunsets and um, even sunrises to a certain degree as well. You can get a little bit of red as, as well. Um, but yeah, it, it just balances and restores. And, and you know, the sun is very, very um, clever, I guess, in, in the way that it works at a human level in, in so much that any bad effects that come out of it, it has a, an, an antidote. And, and the antidote to blue light seems to be red light. And you know, you can get out at, you know, how do you feel when you watch the, the sunsets in the evening? You know, you, you feel very relaxed and very sort of chilled and, and, and really sort of mindful. And, and that's not, you know, a, a coincidence. That's because the light is having that effect on you at, at, at a um, hormonal level. Um, and, you know, we, we feel great for, for that very reason. And when you start looking at red light and, and red light therapy for instance you can actually harness specific frequencies um, within the red banding that actually provide the most benefit um, to us because they're more bio available and bioactive um, in, in humans and it just so happens that 660 nanometers which is well within sort of mid-red has the most profound effect at us from a from a cellular level um, and this is why you see a lot of red light therapy devices that harness that specific frequency. And, you know, red light then extends into an invisible range of light as well called infrared. 
Um, and this is typically what gives the sun its heat. Um, and it's typically very high, um, believe it or not, um, in the mornings and, and in the evenings, you get a lot of infrared light. And there's one specific frequency that has been studied to a very big degree um, that's invisible um, and seems to be most bioactive and, and bioavailable um, for, for humans, and that's at 850 nanometers. And the difference between those two is that, you know, red light is great because it penetrates the skin um, at, a, at a surface level um, and can increase things like collagen and reduce wrinkles and heal scars and, 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 and the like. And when you look at the near-infrared side of things, that penetrates even deeper into us. And that can impact us, same again at a cellular level, but deeper within muscle tissue and into bones and has been used and shown in the science to actually improve arthritis and sprains and muscle recovery from delayed onset muscle soreness. So, you know, it's very interesting the way light interacts with us at different frequencies and red light is something that we've started to move into and started to talk a lot more about as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Red light is quite astonishing about all the benefits that you see in studies. And uh, it is uh, very relaxing and soothing. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do like to do it in the morning, um, but I also like to do it in the evening as well, uh, sometimes to kind of mm. wind down. Uh, one thing I want to maybe add is like a, it kind of really nicely coincides with the circadian rhythm if you do it in the evening as well, because uh, like a one thing that happens uh, when you fall asleep is like you get you have like higher melatonin but this uh, higher melatonin also promotes like autophagy and uh, this cellular clearance basically during deep sleep uh, and uh, like red light promotes uh, both like melatonin as well as uh, the autophagy process a little bit so you can see like a higher rate of autophagy if you stick to the uh, circadian rhythm uh, if you avoid the blue light and uh, you get some uh, red light you will see like this better like um, anti-aging benefit of sleep if you have like this antioxidant effects of melatonin in conjunction with the uh, cellular clearance of autophagy that also you know helps to prevent uh, neurodegeneration and uh, just optimizes uh, overall uh, recovery yeah absolutely and you know the way i guess it, it works in that visible standpoint as well is that you know from a collagen level, um, you know, you create collagen through like fibroblast cells and those cells are stimulated by that specific frequency, 660 nanometer red light. And, and that's what then increases that collagen levels in our skin that give us that useful look and, you know, um, heal scars and, and help with thyroids, et cetera. But from a, I guess, a cellular level, it all, I guess, red light, the way red light therapy works, because I know not many people sort of talk about this and, I'll try and explain it as basic as I as I can. I know you'll you'll understand it, but um, I'll, I'll try and break it down as, as, as simply as I can. Um, it all comes down to how the um, red and infrared light interfere and sort of act almost as a catalyst in electron chain transport. So electron chain transport has four phases um, in, in layman's terms, and at the fourth phase of that um, pathway, we produce something called ATP. And that is adenosine triphosphate, which ultimately is energy, okay? It gives us our energy. And what happens is that um, when we build up, um, when we go through that process, we have something at the end of that process called cytochrome C oxidase. And cytochrome C oxidase um, basically um, reacts with, with oxygen, which we get from say food and water 
and then you produce your ATP. And what happens is that there's a chemical compound that actually is, it's both good and bad in, in humans, um, but in this specific pathway, it interferes and that's nitric oxide. And what that does is that takes away a lot of the oxygen that was going to be used to produce ATP with reacting with cytochrome C oxidase and uses it um, with, um, with nitric oxide. So what, um, what, red, what red light does is that it gets in at a cellular level and it actually helps with the um, breaking down of this nitric oxide um, and reacts with it as opposed to the oxygen, which then frees up more oxygen to um, react with the cytochrome C oxidase and we produce more energy and more energy efficiently. And when we start producing more energy, we reduce the inflammation, we have more energy available at a cellular level for your autophagies, your apoptosis, your other metabolic processes. Um, and the red light is, is needed in order to take away from all the other interference that's happening at that um, specific, almost phosphorylation um, standpoint at phase four at, at that electron chain transport. So um, it's, it's so, it's almost like this magical sort of like thing that just, allows us to you know produce this efficient amount of energy and when we do we start to produce yeah we can produce more melatonin we've got more cellular repair we've got less inflammation and we start to heal um and you know you can look at it from a, an ancestral point of view as well or even just going back as a kid you know like i used to do loads of like skateboarding and roller skating and things and i used to fall over and graze my knee all the time and by the time I got home in the evening, like there'd be a nice crusty scab over it. It would all be good. And, you know, if I left it alone and didn't pick it, it was, it was okay. Um, but I put that down to being outside because you're getting all that infrared and red light during the day. And these days when I like cut myself or something and I'm indoors, I find that it takes ages to heal. I like, bleed for a bit longer and the, the scab and the, um, that kind of thing doesn't happen for a while. But since I've been using red light therapy, if I have a scram or cut or something and I start shining that light on it, within about 20 minutes, it's starting to heal and, and scab and, you know, yeah. platelets are starting to do their thing. So it's, um, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating what it does. And, you know, we mentioned weight loss as well. There was one um, study that um, I was talking to Vanessa Spinner um, about, who's very big in the, the ketogenic world. And she found the study and we were going back and forward on it. And um, she mentioned that um, what was fascinating was this one study, which is like a double blind placebo, had everything in there, like the top notch study showed that red light was actually better than liposuction at contouring and breaking down fat um, in oh. specific areas on females. And we were just like, this is incredible. Like why are, why are people not talking enough about this? Um, yeah. It's just fascinating. Um, it really is. And, and the list is endless on what, you know, kind of ailments it, it really helps with. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the reason why it does help with like fat loss is, uh, you know, the red light promotes autophagy and this specific category of autophagy called lipophagy, which is uh, the autophagy of lipid droplets and uh, triglycerides and the fat. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that, that's, that's a part of the mechanism that it uh, does. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, the, the that, sorry, <laughs> I didn't know that at all. Um, that's amazing, like how it worked, and yeah, wow, lipolis, yeah, yeah, and yeah. makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, and it also like creates this small out of this benefit hormetic stress, like uh, 
the same way like uh, UV, UV radiation from the sun uh, does. You get uh, this uh, small increase in reactive oxygen species that the body responds to by turning on its own like defense mechanism and antioxidant uh, defense systems. Incredible, absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, every day is a school day uh, when, when I come on your podcast, that's for sure. Yeah. I, got, I got your uh, newest, uh, the Hive red uh, machine as well. Ah, beautiful. It's, it's yeah, a really awesome, a small handheld device, like a, almost like a smartphone or a tablet. And yeah. it's, it doesn't make any like, uh, noise. It's very, almost quiet, completely quiet. And it's uh, compared to like, the big ones uh, like what I have next to me that makes like, all this massive amounts of noise and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, don't too much noise pollution. That's one of the things that we, um, when we went into uh, went into production with the hive, um, is that we, we didn't want big fans in there. We wanted just a very quiet fan, and you know we, we managed to get that. And you know a couple of other things we wanted to do as well is we found that when you plug in the the, the big panels and a lot of the um, the ones that require an AC current was that when you slow mo film film them using your smartphone, they were just flickering constantly. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, I'm doing a lot of work on Flickr at the moment and know how bad that is for you neurologically. So we've removed all Flickr from, from this device because um, yes. it's, it's battery powered. It's, it's you know, lithium arm battery and it is, um, yeah, not plugged into the mains. Charges just with a USB. Um, and that also means if it's not plugged into the, um, uh, to, to the mains, your EMF levels are going to be like next to nothing as well. Yeah. So you're not going to be like frying your face with like <laughs> dirty electric as right. a lot of these other brands uh, unfortunately have. So um, yeah, and we managed to get a really good irradiance as well um, with it to deliver a good dose within about 15 to 20 minutes on whatever target area you want. Um, my wife has been swearing by it for um, use on her face, um, which is great. Um, yeah. I do as well because I'm a little bit vain. Um, but yeah, the near infrared as well, like, you know, you can barely see it working. You can just see yeah. sort of little dots um, because it's invisible, you know, and I just use that after like, you know, I go walking or cycling or lifts and weights and um, your recovery is just so much better as, as, as well with it. And we're seeing like a lot more bodybuilders start using it as well, like Chris Gethy and Roger Snipes, um, you know, people like that are starting to use it for their recovery. And these guys are like, you know, top notch, not just bodybuilders, but biohackers as well. So um, yeah, it's handy and you can just slip it in your bag, like gym bag and things like that. Um, they, they got rid of the infrared saunas at my gym, which really annoyed me. So um, I, I, bring this in, I bring this in with me now because they, they just got hot saunas. So I have it like a, a nice temperature and bring this in for 10 minutes so I can have the benefits, which, which works really well. So um, yeah, now I'm glad you're enjoying your hype. Yeah, it's perfect like for traveling and uh, you don't have to, or like I find it like especially handy uh, if you are like on the road, you are maybe uh, experiencing some uh, aspects of the circadian mismatch, maybe going to bed a little bit, a bit later and uh, you're in a hotel there's like, you know, noise pollution or, or whatnot. So it's especially useful to get the benefits of this red light uh, when you are in this higher stress environment. And uh, it's perfect for like travel. It's very small, you know, charges uh, really fast. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you can direct it everywhere on, on the face, on the body and uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're bringing out a stand for it soon as well, so we can actually have it placed a little bit more. So it does sit like on the table because it's quite thick there, but you know, we'll get it so we can get like angle on, on, on people's faces as well. Maybe they want it on their back and it can be a little bit sort of more difficult to do. Um, but the plans to get bigger panels as well. Um, we're already working on a, a full body one um, that won't flicker and have very, very low EMF as well um, and harness the exact frequencies. Um, that, that, that are very important, you know, because it's like blue light glasses. There's a lot of these devices out there that all claim to do the same thing, but when you actually look at them, they don't, you know. And, and the big thing with, with red light for me, red light therapy, isn't so much the wavelengths. Everyone knows it's 660 and 850 nanometers. Every device has it in. It's whether you want to have high EMF or low EMF. It's whether you want to have high flicker or low flicker. And as biohackers, we understand that we don't want any flicker. We don't want any EMF. So we want the lowest levels possible. Um, and that's why this, this, um, this beauty here took 15 months to, to make. And the amount of times I was sending it back saying, nope, not right, not right. Um, I, I couldn't release it. I, I don't want to release a product that's the same as everyone else's. Um, it may look similar to other devices, mainly because it's good to be handheld. But when you start actually testing it, You've, you've got no flicker, you've got barely any EMF if you're holding it, you know, three inches away yeah. from your face and um, you've got a good irradiance as well. So yeah, so it's just like anything, you know, like in, in light, just make sure that, um, you know, the evidence stacks up and, and it's all backed by science and you're not gonna, you know, plug something into the mains that's, that's gonna give out lots of dirty electric and EMF and, and flicker. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's what I love about uh, your brand is that everything has like a, backed up by science and the specific studies to kind of prove where where does it work and uh, what is the specific like wavelengths or the kind of mechanism yeah you have to you, you yeah, know you have absolutely. to it's, it's i feel it's my duty you know i I'm, amount of rubbish i've bought in the past um not knowing and it, you just get it and you're just like you just feel like you know what whatever and then mm -hmm. i'm just like i was yeah i was just like I'm, I'm not allowing it to happen not in biohacking um and that was that was what we wanted to do. So yeah, and no, I appreciate those kind words. Sure. Yeah, maybe let's uh, like wrap it up with uh, what would be like this good uh, uh, daily circadian rhythm and from the light perspective, like what kind of lights should you get exposed to, you know, starting from the morning and uh, ending with going to bed? Love it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, really depends on the season. Um, so are most of your listeners in the Northern Hemisphere, do you reckon? Uh, well, yeah, like North America and Europe. Yeah. Probably the big, most okay. people. Yeah, so I'll do it from a going into winter perspective because I, I, I think it's very different um, for, for us here in Australia because people that are watching this can see that I'm like hardly wearing anything because it's like 35 degrees outside and I'm about to go out after this and get some more sun. But um, you guys are going into cold winter, um, which means there's not going to be a lot of sun um, and daylight savings is probably going to screw everyone up as well a little bit more um, because you guys are just... Um, in some places have had the clock shift. Um, so like the best thing you can do in winter is when you get up in the morning, typically the sun wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have started to rise yet. Um, and at that point you want to have your red lens, your sleep plus glasses on in the morning. Make sure you've got some red light bulbs installed in lamps around the house. Lumi is, is the ones that we've managed to strip 100% of blue and 100% of all green, up to 570 nanometers out of. So screw a few of those in. We do them in for every country um, for, for the fittings. 
And then when that sun starts to rise, that's when you want to start taking your, your sleep plus glasses off and going outside and seeing that sun rise. Okay. A few minutes is fine. Okay. I don't expect people to be out there for an hour or two a day. If you can, brilliant, but minimal effective dose is just a, you know, a few minutes out there. And the good thing is going into the winter months in the Northern hemisphere, you'll get a double whammy of cold thermogenesis as well as watching that sunrise. So if you can get out there and tough it out with not much on, um, as long as you're not going to upset your neighbors, get out there and do it. And I think that's a good way to, you know, it's not a, a sea land ice bath, but it's mm -hmm. going to be pretty, pretty damn cold when you're out there. So that's a good thing. It's going to make you feel awake and alert. Um, during the day, make sure you're getting regular sun breaks. If you're working in an office or in your home with the winter months, it's going to be darker. So you're going to have a lot more artificial light on. Okay. You might have to have your house lights or your office lights on. If it's office lights, get outside and, and get regular sun breaks where you can, or have maybe a salt lamp next to your computer. Um, maybe even iris or flux or something like that on your monitors, just to try and get rid of some of that blue light. You don't want too much of it in, in those winter months, but you want to have enough to keep yourself alert and happy. Um, what you want to do is ensure that ideally, but it's not essential is watch the sunset. Uh, it's difficult because there's only so many hours in the day and I understand that people have got kids to collect and activities in the, in the evening to do, but if you had to choose sunrise or sunset, sunrise every time. Sunset's good because at sunset you get this big spike of blue light and then it suddenly cascades down to nothing. And that what is what really signals your brain to be like, okay, it's gonna get dark now, we can start producing the melatonin, but it's not essential. When the sun has set and finished setting and these lights start coming on, the artificial ones, that's when you wanna get your sleep plus glasses on. But as I mentioned um, when we were chatting earlier, you know, experiment with it. You know, if the sun's setting in, you know, like Mads and, and those guys in Denmark, when I went to visit those guys um, a couple of years ago, we were talking about it and they were like, well, sometimes the sun sets like sort of three or four in the, <laughs> in the afternoon. We, cut, we put them on then and I'm like, uh, probably, like, we, we probably do that. But no, to be honest, you probably want to just phase it in because if those guys are going to start wearing sleep plus glasses at 3 or 4 p.m., they're going to want to go to bed at like 6, 7 in the evening, which probably isn't going to be good for, um, for what they want to do. So that's where these summer glow lenses come in. You know, they're great for the winter because they've been, the, the, the type of tint has actually been clinically proven to boost mood. That's why they're color therapy glasses. But they also filter out a lot of the blue light, but not enough to help you go to sleep. So they're sort of that gateway pair of glasses into the sleep plus so you just wear them put them on two to three hours before bed and this is when you want to make sure that your light environment is really good as well from a light bulb perspective make sure you've got some red lights in make sure you've got some yellow lights in um, lumi summer glow lumi sleep are the, the go-to's for those because they don't flicker and they they block and, and reduce the, the correct frequencies of light if you want to use red light therapy to restore any of the damage during the day highly recommended because you're going to be inundated with blue light now you're going into winter because it will be on more um i always propose that red light can be used any time day or night because ancestrally it's available day and night it's, it's mm -hmm. everywhere the one thing i would caution is that the infrared side of things i would typically use during the day between sunrise and sunset because and this is only a theory there's no science to back this up I feel that that's when that kind of light was ancestrally present 
it wouldn't have been present back in the ancestral times after sunset in any huge degree. So I would just typically use it during that time period. But again, experiment. If people want to use infrared light before they go to bed, try it. See how you feel. Track it on your aura ring or your um, any other sort of sleep device you have. Or if you don't have those, how do you feel? Did you sleep better that night? Did you sleep worse? Was it no effect? An experiment, because that's only a theory. And the, the, the final thing to do really is blue light impacts us when we sleep. Okay, blood glucose levels can rise, insulin resistance can occur, um, melatonin levels can drop, even if your eyes are closed. Studies have shown this. So where can you get blue light during the, the nighttime? Appliances in your, in your bedroom, like burglar alarms, modems, routers, yeah. um, car headlights, street lamps. Maybe your partner gets up to use the bathroom in the evening, switches the light on and off. So this is why you've got to either have 100% blackout curtains, but more importantly, 100% blackout sleep mask. Um, remedy that we do is 100% blackout, and that has adjustable eye sockets that um, can be moved around, and then you wrap it around, and you can open your eyes in it, and it's it's 100% blackout. Very important for a good night's sleep. You know, more optimal melatonin production happens, and more REM sleep when you wear 100% blackout sleep masks. Again, that's been supported by studies. We've seen a couple in Scientific American that have proven that, and then you would get up in the morning and do exactly the same again. Um, and what I would say for someone going into the summer months would be similar to that, but there would be some changes. But given that most of your audience is in North America, and to be fair, most of our customers are in North America and Europe, um, that's probably the best advice I would, I would give at the moment. Mm, yeah, awesome, awesome advice. And uh, like I always, like if I'm in a hotel or some other apartment, then... Uh, I would use like some sort of a sticker or something to, to put on the smoke detector to kind of block out the blinking light because it's so annoying. And uh, once you kind of know that it can uh, inhibit you like your melatonin, then it's like a, a, a nuisance uh, all the time there. Oh, 100%. Number one to pack when you're traveling, electrical tape, black electrical tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was uh, good talking with you. And uh, yeah, before I ask my last question, uh, where can uh, people learn more about you and your work? Yeah, I think the best places for, for me would be YouTube, um, just the Blue Blocks channel, because I do a weekly video um, that's about four to 10 minutes long, um, talks about a different aspect of life, it's very basic. Um, and I also write a blog once a week, again, about different aspects of light, very basic level mind. Um, so people can subscribe to that blog from our website, just blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Um, people can follow me on social media if they want. I don't really talk about lights. I talk more about mindset and entrepreneurship. Um, but if that in interests people, then follow me on Instagram, which is I am Andy Mant, um, which is surname spelled M-A-N-T. So those are probably the three best places to learn um, or, or follow my journey. And, and hopefully I could impart some knowledge, either entrepreneurial mindset or, or blue lights and red light on, onto, um, onto you if you follow those. Awesome. Sounds good. We're going to put all the uh, links in the description. And my last question is, um, what's this one piece of advice or habit you wish you had up the sooner? Well, I think um, for me personally, it's nothing to do with light. Um, and I would have said light um, until recently, but I got my um, DNA checked um, very in-depthly um, with a guy um, in the US that trains um, the uh, Navy SEALs and some of the real top MMA fighters um, and we looked at it from a um, nutritional perspective as well as a hormonal perspective and one of the big things that came out in my results 
was that I've got a gene defect that cannot process saturated fat very well. And I followed a carnivore diet for a long period of time, um, felt okay on it, but according to my DNA, wasn't great for me. And I thrive apparently on um, a good level of protein um, and typically from um, fish and, and nuts, so very high sort of polyunsaturated fat diet, not a refined one with, you know, sort of cottonseed oil and rubbish okay. like that, but eating a lot of fish. Um, and I've been doing that for a couple of months now and, and my sleep's improved again. And I, I feel like aesthetically I'm, I'm better and I feel like I've got a lot more energy. So it was very interesting because, you know, people always try and coin and, and tout for the one best diet for everyone. Um, and, you know, I fell into that trap and for me, um, looking at it from a, an individual medicine standpoint and a DNA standpoint, um, the, the carnival diet for me didn't add up. Um, even though so many people are having epic results with it, like, don't get me wrong. I, I love it. Um, and I, I've seen some amazing results with, with people, but for me personally, it didn't work. So, um, I wish I'd known that a little bit sooner. Yeah. It's, uh, always the best to kind of, uh, you know, think about what is the most in best thing uh, for me individually and uh, what for my situation so yeah everyone is different in that sense yeah absolutely well uh, it was good talking with you and uh, yeah uh, hopefully we'll see each other face to face maybe next year or sometime 100% my man 100% we will get out of this state because uh, we aren't allowed to leave our state at the moment um, it's been that way for six months but uh, oh. we've had zero cases for six months so it's just business <laughs> is normal except for we can't leave so um, wow yeah, that's crazy. maybe, maybe next, late next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's crazy. Hopefully things will get better. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure it will be. All right, I'll see you around. Awesome. Take care, mate. Thank you again, Sim. Really appreciate you. you.